My name's Sai. It's great to speak with you this morning. I hope you're doing well. You know, Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Now, we're in a building that has been, has been pointed out. There is a bit of a, a building site. And, uh, you know, you can see this building physically being built. But as you know, God, the church of God, is not about a building. It's about people. It's about you and me. And Jesus has been building his church over the last 2,000 years, despite persecution, despite death, despite war, despite the gates of hell raging against the church. The church has grown from 120 people in Jerusalem to nearly a quarter of the world's population purporting to be Christians of some sort and uh, on every continent where people live. And that's what we're going to look at today. Heaven's heartbeat is to build the church of Jesus Christ. And he wants to involve you. And he wants to involve me in that process. Just to give you an example of the church being built, my friend James Lakuda from South Sudan, despite persecution originally from the Islamic North against his people, despite the recent civil war and uh, the pestilence that has been there in a sort of cholera outbreak, he has seen the church grow from nothing amongst his people to thousands of believers in the last 25 years. In August alone, he baptized over a thousand people who had responded to Jesus Christ. Jesus will build his church because it's heaven's heartbeat. And my friends, is it your heartbeat this morning for the church of God to grow? Now, I go to be with James in two weeks' time, and I value your, your prayers for that because. Uh, to be honest, since the Civil War broke out in 2013, I've not relished the thought of uh, going out there to, to see him as I do each year. Uh, it's one that I've done out of obedience to God, one that I do out of love for my friend, and one that I do out of a passion to see the church grow. Please also pray for Anna as I go in a two weeks' time. You know, when you're working with a tribe that is technically unreached, with the gospel. It's an incredibly intense uh, time spiritually. And at home, anything that can go wrong seems to go wrong when I'm away. And I don't say that sort of pessimistically. I say that with, with 20 years of experience of working with the unreached. So please do pray uh, for Anna as I go. You know, because of the situation there, often I, I'm left, you know, when I, when I know it's right for me to go and I decide I'm going to go, it, it, it affects your sleep, it, you know, that sort of thing, your nerves. And I just felt God say to me, just hand all that over to me this time, so I hand it over. So I've been doing that. And last Tuesday, well, a week ago Tuesday, I went up to the embassy in London to get my South Sudanese visa. And believe it or not, they can give you a really hard time when you're getting your visa. For a country that's at war, and you know most people don't particularly want to go there and definitely want to get out of, they give you a really hard time. Make sure you've got your return ticket, you've got to be there on time, you've got to show that you're not planning to stay and all this sort of thing. And so anyway, I arrive on time because I know how, how, how um, fussy they are, the allocated time that you, know, you get that you, to apply for a visa. 
I arrive on time, and I'm waiting for my friend, Peter Knight, who comes out with me. He's a, he's a doctor. I now understand why the Apostle Paul liked having Luke with him everywhere he went. It's great having a doctor with you. And, uh, and so uh, I was waiting for him, and he was late. And I was thinking, come on, Peter, you know how fussy they are over these things. And beginning to get a little bit stewed up about it. Well, eventually, he turns up, and we go in to the office to see the man to get a visa, and um, there's a lady, English lady, an African gentleman in the queue in front of us. So we're asked to wait outside. And then, and then he calls us in. And they're still in there waiting to see somebody. And Peter goes up to start the, the, the process. And um, the lady's there talking about teachers and that sort of thing. So I just, to make conversation, said to her, said, oh, whereabouts are you involved in, in South Sudan? She said, oh, I'm involved all over the country, really. This, pointing to the man next to her, he's the minister responsible for education for the whole of South Sudan. He's the undersecretary to the government. I said, oh, very nice to meet you. And uh, I said, actually, you know, we're involved in a school in, in South Sudan. We help build it and we're supporting it now. It's why it's still open. It's in East Equatoria. And he said, oh, whereabouts is it? Because I, I might know it because sadly many schools are, have closed over there due to, to, to the war. And um, so I said, oh, it's called Coolio Lights. He said, Coolio Lights Academy in Caperta. I said, yeah, that's right. He said, we're Pastor James Lacuda. I said, yeah, that's right. He said, I know it very well. Caperta's my hometown. I said, oh, praise God. And so we, we started chatting, and he said to me, he said, actually, I was involved in the very beginning of that school when the sponsorship scheme was set up. I thought, wow, that's amazing. And, uh, and then uh, he, said, um, he said, yes, there was a, that, that English guy called David, and he had two children, one with autism. And I thought, oh, you've got your, your wires crossed here. Uh, this is another project you're thinking of now. So uh, I said, oh, okay, I don't remember a David being in, involved in, in this situation. And, um, uh, and then he carried on talking about this man. And I suddenly, the, the penny dropped in my mind. I suddenly thought, I wonder if he's confused between autism and Down syndrome. So I said to him, when you say the man's name was David, you don't mean Ken Matthews, do you? He said, yes, that's the name, that's the man. I reached down into my bag and I pulled out Ken's book from my, uh, my bag, because we often take it there and give it to the, to the guys, because it's about the work in North Uganda and South Sudan. And I said, well, this guy, he said, that's him. So I said, that's my father-in-law. He said, wow, how funny. I remember playing Scrabble with him. So you know, how, how English is that? In, and uh, uh, at which point, the visa man stands up and says, ultimately, this man is my boss. So if he's giving you a personal recommendation, I cannot refuse your visa. Just give me the money. Give me <laughs> Praise God, eh? Praise God. Yeah. So... Jesus is building his church, and no visa office can stand in his way. It's a, and it's a wonderful thing as well to know this little divine uh, encounter. Because when Ken met that man, he was just a local commissioner and, uh, and when he was talking about the sponsorship scheme. And, and now God's raised him up. And you just think, okay, God, I can see your hand is on this trip. But can I please yeah, encourage you to pray for me, pray for my family while I've gone as well. You know, heaven is passionate about building the church of Jesus Christ. I'm passionate about building the church. My friends, are you passionate about building the church? That's my first point. Are we passionate for the church? The Apostle Paul could say this. Therefore, 
I endure everything for the sake of the elect, that they also may obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. It's 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 10. My friends, that is how passionate Paul was about building the church. He'd endure everything. What about you, my friends? What about you this morning? Or could you just take it or leave it with the church? Yeah, yeah, I'll serve the church if it sort of fits in with my lifestyle, what I want to do with my life. Yeah, yeah, I'll serve, uh, I'll serve if, 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 it, if it's convenient. Have you recognized here this morning that the heartbeat of heaven is one of intense passion for the church? So much so that Jesus would leave heaven, come to earth, be born in a stinking stable, live amongst us. The Son of God, the righteous one, live amongst us and choose to die on a cross so that he can make a way for you and I to be right with God, so he can make a way for her people, the church of God, to, to exist. My friends, the Apostle Paul, he endured poverty. He endured hardship. He endured beatings. He endured imprisonment. He endured shipwreck. He even ultimately endured death for the sake of the church of Christ because he loved God and he could see that was God's heart for the people. My friends, what about you? Where is your heart for the church at the moment? How passionate are you for the church? Or can you just take it and leave it depending on what's on the telly that night? Oh, there's something good on the telly tonight. I can't, doesn't quite fit. Or depending on the things that you want to fit into your life rather than necessarily the things that God wants. You know, be like a young man in love with a girl. You know, a young man, when they're in love with a girl, they're inconvenienced their whole day just to get a few extra moments with that girl. They travel for miles or hours just to be with them for an extra 10 minutes. When I was younger and I, and I liked Anna and I was wanting to date her, I used to run three miles round a park just to accidentally bump into her on the way to school. Oh, hi, Anna. Fancy seeing you here again. How are you doing? And we'd have a five-minute conversation. My friends, we need to be passionate about the church. You see, we so easily get distracted by things that ultimately boil down to us. Well, I like things this way, and they don't do it this way. Oh, I, I, I wish they'd do it like that, because I would like to do it like that, or, oh, they didn't, I did it, and no one notices. They didn't notice me, whoever they are. My friends, the one who is in heaven, who sees everything, good and bad, the one who makes his grace shine on the righteous and the unrighteous, the one who the spirit inside of you causes you to cry, Abba, Father, the one who loves you, intensely. His heart is one of white, hot passion for the church of Jesus Christ. What about you, my friends here this morning? Are you passionate about the church of Christ? Let me be really clear, not talking about the building, talking about the people. Yes, the people around the world, that's true, the church of, of God, but primarily for you and me, I'm talking about the people in this room, your local church family. 
Take a look at them. Just take a moment to look around the, the room at these people. These are the chosen people of God in this area. There's more out there as well, but this is the local family he's drawn you to. Look at them with all their metaphorical here, warts, stains, and wrinkles. But Christ is going to deal with those warts, those stains, and those wrinkles. One day we'll be perfect. We'll be spotless. We'll be We'll be, we'll be blameless. We are blameless now, but we will be, we will be completely perfect in, uh, in our actions. My friends, Jesus is passionate about you. And he's passionate about the people in this room around you. What about you? Or are you going to let a few warts, a few stains, a few wrinkles that Jesus will ultimately deal with stop you being passionate about your brothers and sisters in this room? No. Well done, Donna. That's, that's right. Good. The Bible says this. It says this. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. For no one ever hated his own flesh but nourishes and cherishes it just as Christ does the church. Christ loves the church. Christ nourishes the church. Christ cherishes the church. Do you love the church? Do you nourish the church? Do you cherish the church in your heart by speaking well of it, by giving of your time, your your um, effort and your finances to the things of God by serving the things that are going on that God has put on our hearts to do, by dealing in a godly way the grievances that come about through living life together in this life? Or are you somebody that's quick to talk bad about it? Oh, for prayer purposes, of course. I'm only telling you this for prayer, but did you hear about X, Y, and, and Z? My friends, let's not be those people. Let's be people who speak well about the church, that loves it, that cherishes it. I love that word, cherish. Is the church dear to you? Is it precious to you? Now, the Greek word cherish carries the meaning of of tenderly loving something, careful not to damage it. You know, when my Elizabeth was born as a new parent over a child, you see them cherishing it. I can remember carefully carrying her out of the, the hospital, careful not to, to, to drop her in a car seat. I don't think it wasn't carrying her by her arms, she was in the car seat. That's what the, the, this was. Carefully strapping her in to make sure that she was okay. Driving home at 20 miles an hour, annoying everyone behind me. Look, is she all right, Anna? Oh, yeah, she's all right. Is she, is she breathing? Oh, yeah, she's still breathing. We were tenderly loving Elizabeth. At night time, because you know, we remember reading as first-time parents, oh, you know, you mustn't use wet wipes on their bottom when they're, when they're newborns. You should use warm water and cotton wool. So, you know, even though you're absolutely tired, you're there. Oh, let's check the water. Oh, yeah, oh, oh, yeah that's a good temperature. It's nice and warm. Get the cotton wool and, and do, do her bottom for, for Anna. That's what I'd try to do in the first few weeks. By, <laughs> by week 12, wet wipes, yeah, that's fine. But uh, anyway, but when, you, as a new parent, you tenderly, you know, you love your children and care for them. Or like a teenager with a phone, when it's new, not five or six weeks later when they've lost it, but when it's new, they're so careful with it. Oh no, you can't touch it, you might scratch it. Oh look, it's so, so precious to them. My friends, let's be like that 
over the church of Jesus Christ. Let's not let ourselves get used to it. Be like that over the people in this room. Love them. Careful with our words and our actions towards each other. Looking to build up and edify people, not to criticize and to pull them down. You see, you don't live in a vacuum. How you act, how you react, directly impacts the rest of us and the rest of our lives. So let's be, if you're passionate about the church, we need to be careful how we act, how we speak about others, how we message each other, how we Facebook each other. We need to be careful about all these things because the heartbeat of heaven is passionate for the church and it's passionate to see a mature church of Christ as well. It's what the word nourish means. It means to bring up to maturity, which is my second point. Maturity in the church. For Christ is not just waiting until heaven to deal with those warts, those stains, and those wrinkles that are in our lives. He's dealt with them primarily decisively on the cross of Christ. The moment someone puts their trust in Jesus, turns from living life for themselves to Jesus, puts their faith in in him and says sorry for things they've done wrong, then all the things that they have done, all the things that they have said, all the things that they have thought that are wrong get placed on Jesus. And his righteousness is given to us as as a free gift. So the moment we put our faith in Jesus, we're righteous in God's sight, we're clean in God's sight, yet All the time that we live in this body, this side of eternity, we will struggle with sin. We will struggle with our sinful nature. And yet God hasn't left you as orphans. He's given us the Holy Spirit who lives inside of us to help change us, to help deal with that sinful nature. It's a lifelong process, what the Bible calls sanctification, where the Spirit of God is setting you apart for Christ. Or to put it in another way, he is making you mature in Christ, mature in your faith. The heartbeat of heaven is to build the church into a mature church in its faith. And part of the job of of leaders in the church is this. In Ephesians 4, verse 12 to 13, it says this about leaders, that they are to equip the saints... For the works of ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ, until we all attain the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to the mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Wow, what a picture is that, isn't it? Amazing. My friends, are we there yet? No, we're, we're not there yet. You only have to look at your own life to realize that actually we're not there in the unity of the faith to, the, to, the, to the, the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. My goodness, that's incredible. But that is what God is doing in our lives. He's changing us. My friends, we need to be ruthless with sin in our own lives, but gracious with sin 
in other people's lives. Too often we copy the world's way and we're ruthless with sin in other people's lives. How dare they do that? Who do they think they are? It's so unchristian. They're so unkind. They're always like that. And yet we're gracious with sin in our own life. Oh, it's because I had a bad week. Oh, it's because it's really tough for me at the moment. You know, we, we make all sorts of excuses. Let's, and there are reasons sometimes where we do fall, but there's still, that doesn't justify our actions. My friends, let's be ruthless with sin in our own lives, but gracious and compassionate with other people's sins, particularly when they affect you. Be gracious, you know, because ultimately that person, will they're, they're accountable and they stand before God. So hand them over to him. Yes, of course, as we are called to live together as a body, if there's a persistent problem with somebody, then do what the Bible says. Go and chat to them yourselves about it and, you know, in a loving way and talk, you know, when you do this, it affects me like this and have that loving conversation with them. If that doesn't work, involve your life group leaders and get them to, to speak into the situation. And if that doesn't work, then they'll involve the, the elders. That's what the Bible advises. But first and foremost, we should go and lovingly try and deal with that situation. You see, the Bible's so practical on how we are called to be as church together. My friends, listen to these words written by the Apostle Paul in Romans 12. Verses 10 to 21. I'm just going to pick out some of them. But as I'm reading them, remember, this is the word of God. And remember, this is about us together. This is about people in this room. And don't just think of those people that you like and are. They're they're easy to think about this. Think about those people that you struggle with, maybe, uh, and you've got difficulty with. Um, Think about that as I read these words. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honour. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Repay no one evil for evil but give thought to do what is honourable in the sight of all. If possible, so far as depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourself, but leave it to the wrath of God. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Christ is passionate about his church, and the heartbeat of heaven is one of building the church so that the church can reach the lost. That's, that's its purpose, so that we can fulfill the great commission that God has given us. And this is my final point. To build the church means to grow the church. It means to expand the church. It means fruitful activity in seeing people saved and added into our number. Jesus put it like this, the kingdom of heaven is like a grain of mustard seed that a man took and sowed in his field. It is the smallest of seeds, but when it is grown, it is larger than all the garden plants and becomes a tree, so that the birds of the air come and make their nests in its branches. He told them another parable, the kingdom of heaven is like leaven that a woman took and hid 
in three measures of flour till it was all leavened. The vision that Daniel had was of a, a rock that hit the statues of the kingdom of this world and it grew into a mountain that filled the whole earth. God is wanting his kingdom to grow and he wants us to share the good news with the world around us to let them know the good news so that they can hear the message and have an opportunity to respond in, in saving faith. Heaven's heartbeat is for you and I to share the gospel with our family, with our friends, with our neighbours, with our work colleagues, even to the ends of the earth, so that they can have an opportunity to respond to its message. God wants the church to grow, and he wants to use you as part of that process. Turn to the person next to you and say, God wants to use you to grow the church. He does, every one of you. Even if you don't know Jesus here this morning, you're here for a reason. My friends, how willing are you to extend the kingdom of God by sharing the good news about Jesus and by standing up for the, tr the truth? Remember, the results in people's lives is not down to you. That's outside of your control. The results in society around us is outside of our control. We'll leave that with God, but we are called to be sharing the love of Jesus in Helsham and beyond by the power of the Holy Spirit to the glory of God the Father. Who have you talked to lately about Jesus? Who have you invited on Alpha? That's why we put an invite on everyone's chair this morning. Who have you invited? If you haven't had a chance yet, take an invite. Be praying, God, who do you want me to invite? And then invite them this week. You see, if you ask them, two things can happen. They can either say no, and you've lost nothing, or they may say yes. And if they say yes, they'll come along. And who knows what God will do with it. If you don't ask them, then you are saying no for them. My friends, like God, let your heartbeat be one that says, grow the church, Jesus. Build your church. Grow the church, or would that just make it too inconvenient for you? Are you one of those people that sort of, oh, well, you know, I like the church this size. I like knowing everyone in, in, in the church. I like things small. God wants to grow the church. Yes, definitely he wants us to maintain that family feel. We're called to be family. We're the family of God. But God wants his family to grow bigger and bigger. You be the person that goes and speaks to that person in this room that you don't know very well, that, that goes and, and chats to them and, and makes them feel welcome, that invites them back to your house and have them over for dinner so you can get to know them. Because we want to maintain that family feel amongst us. But my friends, God is wanting to grow the church. Is that your desire too? Is that your prayer? Are you praying along with the Spirit of God, saying, God, Grow your church. God, increase your church's influence in this town and around the world. Because that is the heartbeat of heaven. We want to be known as a church. Known as a church that proclaims the truth to the, 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 um, the town around us, the surrounding area, even to the world. But also a church that is known for doing good works in this area as well. Because God, that is how we're salt and light with the world around us.
And if you're not in that place, take, you know, if you're taking an honest assessment of your heart at the moment, and you're thinking, actually, I know I'm, I'm not there yet, then don't beat yourself up about it. Go to God. As Sam started this meeting, there's grace here this, this morning. Go to God. The Spirit of God is eager to take your heart and shape it how God wants it to be, to make your heart passionate about the things that God is passionate about. If you're here this morning and you struggle to share your faith with people, I don't mean you know that you do it and you struggle in doing it because we all we all struggle when we're actually talking to people about Jesus. But I mean you struggle so much so you think, oh no, I can't, I can't do it. Um, that's 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 not me. Then pray about it. The Spirit of God loves to change you and loves to give you that boldness and that ability to speak out about him. If you're struggling in an area in your life of growing into maturity in this area or putting to death a certain sin, then pray about it. Go to God. The Spirit of God loves to produce Christ-like fruit in your life and in my life. My friends, I'm, I'm, and I'm closing with this. God wants us at Christ Church to be passionate about the church of Christ, this church, so that we give our all for it, just like God did. The Spirit of God is working hard in you and in me to bring you into Christ-like maturity and to equip you so that you can do all that God has called you to do to help his kingdom come and to help this church grow. Heaven's heartbeat is to build the church to reach the lost for the glory of God. This is what God is passionate about. He wants to involve you in it. Are you passionate about this too, my friends? Just um, as, I, as, I, as, I, as I finish here, I just feel it, it's right. To, there's a sense in which there's a, a, a response that is needed from us. And there's a sense in which I know there'll be people here just because of life and because of circumstances. Actually, you've allowed yourself to stop loving the church of God. Yeah, oh, yeah, I love Jesus, but... I, stopped loving the church stop cherishing the church of Jesus in, in your heart if you do an honest assessment I'm not wanting to embarrass anyone I'm not wanting to to, to shame anyone in, in that sense here but if that's you if you know that in your heart and in your speech and sometimes in your actions actually you've not been loving you've not been cherishing the church just open your heart to him now just going to pray for us, actually. Just, let's just be in prayer. And if that's you, just, just be confessing that to God in your heart now. Saying, God, I'm sorry that I allowed this or that. It may be painful. I'm not knocking what, what happened. But actually, God loves the church and he wants you to love it. Jesus could say, even over the people that crucified him, Father, forgive them. They know not what they're doing. Don't let other people's actions rob you of the joy of loving and cherishing the church. Just give that over to God. Lord Jesus, thank you that you love the church, Lord. And that's us. 
Lord God, you love us enough not to leave us as we are. You, ex- you love us enough to accept us as we are, Lord God, but you love us too much to leave us as we are, Lord God. And Lord, I pray for those people that are struggling with loving and cherishing the church, even now, because of things that have happened. I pray, Father, would you put your heart in them, Lord, as they, as they repent, as they say sorry for allowing that, uh, that, that seed to grow in them, Lord God, I pray, would you increase your heart in them, Lord God, your heart for your people, Lord Jesus. We ask this. Thank you, Lord, that you're loving. Thank you that you deal graciously with us, Lord. Would you come and do that in people's hearts this morning? There's also people here that you know that actually there's other areas of your life where you're out of sync with the heartbeat of heaven. It may be in terms of wanting to see the church grow. It may be in terms of as an area of your life that you're not wanting to give up because uh, you, know, you, you like it and yet you're, you're stopping yourself growing to Christ-like maturity. Just allow God to speak into that area now. Holy Spirit, come, I pray. Come and bring conviction. Lord God, come and bring challenge. Lord, thank you, Lord God, that you come to build us up. And I just pray for those people, Lord God, that this is true for. Lord, would you come, Lord, and move in their hearts, Lord God. Father, would you bring them into line with all that you've got? Would you at least give them a heart that says, yes, Lord, I want my heart to be in line with you, Lord God. Would you cause them to have that first start there, Lord God, I pray. Come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord. And then for all of us, I'm just going just to pray. Just put, put out your hands uh, before God because he wants to meet with us. His spirit is here. Lord Jesus, thank you that you love each person in this room so dearly. Lord God, I just pray, would you pour out your spirit on them even now? Lord God, thank you that you are passionate about them, Lord Jesus. Would they know the passion of heaven for them right now, Lord God? You love them with an everlasting love. You cherish them, Lord God. You nourish them, Lord God. You want to build them up. You want the best for their life. Even though sometimes we don't know what that is, Lord God, ourselves, Lord, you do. And Lord, thank you. You love them. I just pray, come and fill us with your Holy Spirit now, Lord God. Father, cause us to be a people that are passionate about the things that you are passionate about, are passionate about each other, Lord God, that love each other, that cherish each other, that want to uh, help each other grow up into Christ-like maturity, Lord God. Would you do a deep work in us, Lord God? Because, Father, as you do that more and more, Lord God, it actually increases our ability to witness, Lord God. Because how we love one another, Lord God, is actually a witness to the world out there, Lord God. Then they will know that we're your disciples. So, Lord, I pray, would you do this deep work in our hearts, Lord God, even now? Yes, Lord. Can I invite the, the band back up, please? We're going to close with a song that's a bit of a, a prayer of what we want God to do uh, amongst us. If you're here this morning and 
as I've been speaking, you know there's some real specific areas in your life that actually you think, yeah, and no, I, just, I just want someone to stand with me in prayer for that, then please come forward and uh, there'll be people here to pray with you. There may be some stuff in the past that's actually quite difficult. As I said, I'm not belittling the, the pain that you've been through. And you just want someone to stand with you and pray with you through uh, that, that issue. Also, if you're here this morning and you need healing, if any way, sort of physical or mental, then please come forward. We'd love to pray for healing. We believe that God is here in power and that he wants to heal people. Please come forward and we'll, we'll pray for you as well. And also, if you don't know Jesus here this morning, you, you realize, I, I want to find out more about this Jesus, then Alpha is for you. Come along on the Alpha course and you can find out more about this Jesus who loves you so, so much. I'm going to hand over to Chris now. But yeah, let's stand. And if that's you, and you know you need to respond in any of these areas that I've, that I've mentioned that God has specifically been speaking to, then please, don't waste time. Let's come forward and uh, you can, get, you can get, get prayer. You have been listening to a sermon from Christchurch Hailsham. For more information or to contact us, visit ChristchurchHailsham.org.